My name is Sharzad Kiade. I'm a Gemini pescatarian, a mom of two wild little boys. I'm Susan Yara. I'm a mom of two also. This morning, I went to the bathroom alone. I woke up at five, put my boob in her mouth, and then she took a dump because that's what she uses me for. <laughs> that's what you're going to hear a lot of our stories and experiences in our crazy journeys to motherhood. It's fam for all moms, not for all dads, not fathers and moms, for all moms. It's going to be a good old time. You guys are going to want to stick around. Promise. So subscribe. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Musafir Stories, India's very own travel podcast, where each week we share the journey of travelers in their own words and relive their experiences with you, our listeners. I am Faisal with my co-host Saif and our guest traveler today is Surya Raju from the blog Travel Rope. Surya is a software engineer by profession, a trained Bharatnatyam and a Kathak dancer, a state rank holder in her M-Tech and an avid animal lover. Along with all of this, she is also a travel blogger. With Travel Rope, Surya blogs about her travel experiences to various destinations and also publishes very useful itineraries of these trips. Well, she's also been featured on Huffington Post India, Photo Katha, Independent Traveller, Travel Another India and Tripoto. Her blog has been featured as one of the top blogs to be followed by Holidify and Social Samosa. Wow, that's a lot. Thank you, Surya, and welcome to our show. Thank you so much for a lovely introduction. <laughs> Seriously, it's definitely a pleasure uh, to be here. And you know, just, you know, I was just telling you guys a couple of months back, this is like my first podcast, uh, sort of an interview. So it's like very new to me. And I'm literally so excited to be on the podcast and everything like too fancy for me, actually. Same here. I mean, we are so excited. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So Surya, we have done a quick intro of you. Why don't yeah. you add on things we might have missed out, your personal story, like where did you get started and how did traveling mm-hmm get to you like i i used to actually travel a lot quite a lot with my parents but it used to be like mostly within india and uh, majority of the times it used to be like more of the south india that's where we used to travel but uh, then what happened uh, you know i got like a doggy home and you know <laughs> yeah and you know she was like the pampered one at home and everything so i think for about like 12 years um you know the time that she was there with us mm-hmm. so we made sure that you know we don't leave her in any like a uh, pet stay places mm-hmm. and all of that and we wanted to like personally take care of her so we used to like travel like either me or mom me or dad dad and mom so <laughs> the three of us like, you know never got to go together uh, for that you know period of 12 years suppose that again you know um after that i i got married and um my husband vimal he's been like a great great support system for me and you know he was like one of those persons you know who was like really pushing me to go out there and probably you know put down my experiences because i used to love telling stories you know about my travels and you know how awesome the place was or how bad the place was or yeah so he started telling me like why don't you just start writing maybe you know so i thought okay why not you know just for myself maybe so it all started on tumblr Wow. So I just write it over there and you know just keep it as it is. 
then one fine day i thought okay why not just put it on facebook you know i i didn't even have like a page or whatever it was just like on my line and you know um i posted it there so then my friends started reading it and you know i i started to get good readership so for about like um, three to four months i think i was on tumblr itself then thought okay i should go out there and uh, have my own website up so that's that's when uh, travel rope was born like a proper <laughs> travel rope uh, website and all is there a story behind the name surya or is this just something close to your heart the funniest part is i just wanted something to little to travel okay so i went there to the hosting uh, domain thing and stuff and i'm like okay what are the domain name that i can get something with travel and stuff so i thought okay then you know couple of things popped up and stuff i i like the travel rope the best so so not much of a thought behind it because i thought okay it's going to be like a very small scale thing and stuff so you know i i just went ahead with travel rope and and eventually ended up liking it a lot so no no complaints about it now yeah it's an amazing name it just ropes you into traveling it's awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you i can use that line somewhere maybe <laughs> Thank sure, you. Sure. And just to be clear, Surya, all this while you were still working your uh, with with your day job, right? At no, no point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's even impressive given the amount of progress you've made and all the publications you've been published on. Doing all this while you're doing your daytime job, hats off, really. Thank you. So you know, that's another thing that I would want to say to people. You know, um, don't just quit your job just to travel and all. I know there are a lot, like, lot of articles and all. It's just my personal view. I'm not trying to influence anybody, but I would say do take a conscious, uh, you know, decision before you actually take a leap into something like this because it's not easy. You don't get paid like on a constant basis. You have to keep like sort of you know trying out different things and stuff. So if you are working so don't just go out there and quit just because you want to travel you can still do all of this while you're still working and you know you can always take time out to do this thing So having known more about Surya and her story so far why don't we get into the thick of things and um, ask Surya where she's taking us today So today I'm going to take you all uh, to one of my favorite favorite places in the entire world also I might say <laughs> Sikkim <laughs> Wow Yeah so it's going to be Sikkim. Okay so why Sikkim what made you decide that I want to go to travel to Sikkim? What was the first? Was it accidental travel or yeah. did you plan it out? No no it was a very much planned travel. So um I th- we wanted to travel in the month of December and uh, the intention was I wanted to see snow in India so that was the whole rationale behind it and we thought why not Sikkim because and you know during when when i went i think it was about 2 years back so still not many people had been to sikkim at least in my own circles you know it was like really really beautiful and i thought okay i should go to sikkim and that's how we decided that you know let's just go to sikkim for like a week or something yeah i think we went for about 7 to 8 days to sikkim just that okay and uh, what's a good time to travel so was that a good time december or uh, is there like a peak season so, or off season period Yeah so what i would say is you know if you travel in the month of april or may so you may not find like snow or anything but uh you will find like lot of um uh flowers you know that actually blooms during that period and they are called as rhododendrons uh-huh. so you get to see like an entire valley filled with flowers and things like that so i think that, i think if you want to see something of that kind then april may would be like the best time to visit 
So if you are not too much of a winter person and you don't want to uh, see a lot of snow and, you know, you just want to like have the other kind of a thing. So April, May would be good. But if you're looking um, to witness a bit of snow and you want to just go around and have fun, I think uh, before like December 3rd week would be a good time, actually. We, we were, I think, quite lucky because the roads um, were thankfully not closed when we went. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking that because snow, they end up closing so many. Yeah, yeah. they do end up closing a lot of places uh, because, you know, a lot of snowfall happens. Right. So we were actually quite lucky. We just took a chance and we went. So we were, yeah. uh, you know, pretty lucky at that point of time, I guess. So I think, you know, before December 3rd week, it would be a good time. Even if you want to like see snow and, you know, have a nice time there. Yeah, December 1st, second week, I think should be good. Right. Okay. And how about clothes? I mean, do you, is it okay to just take regular clothes from here and take a sweater along and we can buy stuff there or? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're traveling in December, then I would say please to carry all your winter wear like forever <laughs> possible. Uh, because, you know, uh, when I went to uh, one of North Sikkim, actually, especially North Sikkim, okay. uh, places like Lachen and Lachung. So the places where we're staying, they didn't even have like heaters, the room heaters, oh. because they're actually villages. Um, like a proper village but like really beautiful really scenic and everything you know there's a house and right next to a house we have this beautiful waterfall and everything and you can see snow everywhere so it's like that but there are no room heaters okay so how do people manage i know yeah i mean it was like i don't know there was something in minus okay the temperature just literally dropped to minus something at night and there's no tv okay there's no tv and um, there is there was there was absolutely no cellular networks over there okay so only sim that could work there was bsnl and <laughs> not have any bsnl sim card or anything so it yeah like it's authentic countryside experience right absolutely absolutely so we wanted to have something um, you know some experience of that kind so we consciously you know went for it so if you're like not that kind of a person who would like you know, literally get bored of nothing is around, then I think not the place. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, Surya, how did you guys get there? Uh, just about the logistics of getting to yeah, Sikkim yeah. and getting to the place where you guys went. Yeah, we were traveling from Bangalore. Okay. So we took a flight to Bugdogra. So we had a pit stop in Kolkata. So one day in Kolkata and the next day we took off from Kolkata to Bugdogra. So it's a very small airport actually. So from Bugdogra airport or uh, the nearest railway station, you'll again have to take a car, a taxi or whatever to um, to get to Gantok. Okay. And this, this uh, ride, I think it might take about like five to six hours mm-hmm. to get to Gantok. Because you can actually find a lot of traffic jam on the way. Um, you know, it is like peak cars and so many people traveling uh, to and fro, uh, uh, you know, Gangtok uh, to Bagdogra. So it's going to definitely take more than five hours to get to Gangtok from Bagdogra. So I would say that, you know, definitely plan your day out because I think one entire day can actually, you know, um, go. It, yeah. yeah. Just getting to Gangtok, yeah. Right. Yeah. So is this path a little too uphill, and oh, is it just a normal road? How how is the? How it's actually path? pretty okay. scenic. So, but as you get very closer to Gangtok and all, uh, you you will start seeing all those beautiful mountains, and it is an uphill. You actually 
you know, getting onto a mountain. Mm-hmm. And you can see the Tista River flowing just by the side of the road. Mm-hmm. So the first time you see Tista River, the, you know, it's got a very distinct color, a green color kind. You know, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. The first time you see Tista River, you will be like really blown away. Yeah. So it's very beautiful. The entire uh, path uh, to get there. And even around Sikkim, it's it's all scenic, totally scenic. But what I would say uh, is, you know, until unless you know proper driving, so don't try to drive on your own. Okay. So what we did, uh, we actually signed up with uh, a travel agency in uh, Gangtok. Okay. So we contacted somebody in Gangtok um, to actually uh, get a car and a driver to take us around. Because the terrains are like uh, really, really like, what do I say, rugged. Because there are like uh, big, big mountains and the roads are really narrow and uh, not all roads are tarred. So you will still find a lot of these muddy roads filled with rocks, stones and everything. And, you know, you know, in between these roads also, you might actually find a little stream of water flowing and all of that. So until unless you're like really, really professional driver type, so I don't think... You should even drive. So better to go with somebody who knows driving over there because people in Sikkim would be well averse with how the terrains are and they're the best people to take you around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Did you did you use Gang Talk as like the base camp or how is it? So yeah, just give us yeah. a highlight of your itinerary. Where did you start off from? And Yeah. So our first uh, stop was Gang Talk. So we landed in Gangtok and we stayed there for a day. So the first day, you know, I think we reached sometime in the evening. We just went around Gangtok and there's this beautiful place called MG Road over there. Mm-hmm. So it's famous MG Road. Yeah, yeah. famous MG Road and it's totally beautiful. It it actually gives you like an European country feel that MG yeah. Road. Yeah, so there are no vehicles allowed over there. Uh, so you will have to just look around the place just by walk. Uh, in this MG road that I'm talking about. So there are benches all around and there are shops. You can go and, you know, do some little souvenir shopping or whatever or, or winter wear. You get like really good winter wear at very uh, low cost and, you know, good boots and everything. So it's a great place to shop. Also, there's like a proper square, you know, like you can also get to see like some nice folk dances, like which is specific to Sikkim. So you can get to see all those cultural activities as well. So this is something that you definitely have to do. So uh, we did all of that in the evening. And uh, the next day, uh, we uh, went to Natula Pass. So it's the Indochina border. So we thought, okay, we should get there. Uh, To get to Natula Pass, you need to have a permit. So without a permit, you're not allowed to go to Natula Pass. The agency which we had booked helped us get this permit as well. So until unless you have a permit, I don't think they will allow anybody to go there because it's... um, it's a border, Indochina border, and um, yeah, it's heavily guarded. In a day, only these many cars can actually go there. It's it's that kind of a thing. So, say for example, if hundred registrations are done for the day, so they will not allow any more to go. So, so what all documents do you need to like go ahead and? Apply yeah, yeah. This was actually taken care of by the travel agency. So I think we had okay. given some ID proof uh, was needed. So we had sent that already from Bangalore itself. So we didn't have to go and wait for the pass there because, you know, it, it takes uh, quite some time to get these permits as well because long queues would be there. So they had already procured it for us oh, the previous great. day itself. So they will give you like a permit and things like that. Once it Natula pass, what are the things yeah. to do? 
yeah so natula pass uh, so first of all it's, it's like i said the entire uh, you know place is really really beautiful and everything so on the way to natula pass only you can see the sombo lake the sombo lake is one of most famous lakes there so whoever goes to gangtok will definitely visit the sombo lake um so you go there and you actually get to see yaks and you know you can even dress up like in traditional sikkim where i take pictures and all wow. of that you can Yeah, you can do all of that at Somgol Lake. Uh, you can do that, and um, from there uh, we went to um, Nathula Pass. So in Nathula Pass, uh, you cannot um, take pictures there. Yeah, and if any army person sees you doing that, then you can even be thrown into jail for doing that, or even like lot of fine is there. So That's it's scary. it's very yeah. yeah, it's very very strict, very very strict. So no uh, photographs to be taken there. That's uh, because of the proximity to the uh, Chinese, Chinese border. border yeah. Yes, 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 okay. absolutely. Yeah, and I absolutely. remember reading this on the on your blog as well that there was this. I mean, across the border, there was this officer who was constantly looking at all of you guys and all. That. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know the border is like. what it's like a small rope that's been tied okay oh so small God. rope that's it that's the border and you can see um the indian army men standing on our side and right next to them there are this chinese army men right so mm-hmm. it's like you can even touch them so, so there's just <laughs> just like one single rope and you can see the uh, you know both the country's army base camps present there and you know Are foreigners allowed to travel this far? Remember reading yes. something yeah. on these lines. Yeah, so there are some restrictions uh, uh, for foreigners to get to Nathula Pass. I, I, I'm pretty not sure whether it's Nathula Pass or Gurdamar Lake. Okay. So one of these two places, uh, foreigners are not allowed traveling from India. Then definitely Nathula Pass is something that you definitely need to experience. Um, you know, you definitely see how. how much the indian army men are really putting up with you know uh, true, with yeah. climate and altitude and everything it's definitely not easy Seriously, yeah that's off to all of them yeah absolutely so i think yeah post that uh, we again came back to gangtok to very same evening okay. so this again takes about like 2 to 2 and a half hours given the kind of terrain it is right. and the next day morning uh, we left to lachen lachen is another small village and it takes about Four and a half to five hours to get to Lachen from Gangtok. I don't think you get bored because you're seeing everything for the first time and you're like really enjoying every single thing. And you know, everywhere pit stops are done to take like pictures, and you can see the Kanchenjunga mountain. And you know, you want to take like photographs of that and things like that. You can do that. So are there um, any get- options to travel by bus or any public transport as well? Yeah, public transport is there, but okay. it's quite limited. But uh, majority of them book a uh, taxi. Right, right. Sumo uh, types uh, cars are there. That's the only type of car that can actually, you know, go through these roads. The easiest way to get around. You can book a taxi. Yeah. So how long yeah. of a drive was it to Lachen? From Gangtok to Lachen was like five hours, and uh, Lachen is where uh, I was telling you that you will not find any network other than BSNL. So things <laughs> could have perhaps changed now. So you know, it was like a homestay. There were like a family staying there, and they had given us a room. So they used to like cook uh, food for us uh, for dinner and breakfast. So from Lachen, I think it's. Uh, I'm sorry to interject. I think it's a good way to experience the local life there. Also, I, I guess. Yes, right? yes, in, yes. Living in homestays. Like, so they can actually you know tell you what are the places that you want to see. It was more like uh, the Airbnb experience for me then. You know, I had yeah. not tried. 
tried out Airbnb uh, when I had actually uh, been to Sikkim. So and was this arranged by your travel agency? Yes, they had taken care of it. They had taken awesome. care of it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so Lachan, uh, in this village, um, uh, what I would like to say, the distinguishing factor of this place is there are no plastics allowed here. So we are actually thinking of banning plastics and all now, but it was already done then. So no mineral water bottles allowed, no plastic allowed. So you will have like a police checkpoint and stuff where they will actually check, you know, whether you're carrying any mineral water bottles and things. So yeah, you're not allowed to carry that. Looks like they're far ahead of us in terms of ecotourism yes, right absolutely <laughs> so it was like a total ecotourism you know like it was like really nice to know that you know people are like so strictly following that this was like you know a, a very very beautiful beautiful place so but i was saying you know if you want to do like a regular shopping kind of an experience this is not the place this is yeah. definitely not the place right. so if you want to just go out there on your own just relax and you know you know, just be with the nature, then this is the kind of place that you would want to go. Right. And with absolutely no network and all that, I think like the tagline, yeah. you disconnect to connect would be like the best thing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it was just yeah. me, my husband, you know, we got so much of time to just talk about so many things. So that, you know, yeah. And I said, you know, the temperatures were like just dropping down by every hour of the night. And we were I think we were mostly thinking about like how do we save ourselves from this like temperature? What do we do? We had like seven layers of like clothing and still we were like feeling cold and there was no way that we were, you know, we could remove the gloves or anything because your hands would just get numb within like right. seconds. And we, you know, we, we took out that um, uh, mattresses, thin mattresses that you get. So there were like multiple of them in the room and we actually put those, wrapped those mattresses around us to just save ourselves <laughs> from that like like cold without the heater and everything you know it's like a totally different kind of an experience and you know you, you don't get to you know do this quite often and how long did you stay in Lachen? yeah so Lachen was one day uh so we reached Lachen. we stayed there for a night because next day early morning we wanted to get to Gurdangmar lake Okay. okay, so Mar Lake is like one of the tallest lakes in the world. So it's located at about 17,000 feet, I guess. Yeah. Oh so from Lachan, uh, I think we started about 4.30 in the morning. And we reached uh, Tangu. There's a place, there's another village called Tangu. Okay, it's like a, a midpoint kind of a place. Okay. So our driver took us to this place and uh, for, for actually for breakfast. So this is like just one small house and everywhere there are like snow clad mountains around and there's this Tista river flowing just by the side of this uh, Chotu house. You know, you have these doggies playing around and uh, snow, 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 snow everywhere and this beautiful bridge. So our breakfast was there. So breakfast was Maggie noodles oh and uh, <laughs> tight cup of chai, okay? <laughs> But I swear to God, seriously, I mean, you have to get to this place for sure, for sure. So it was like a dreamland, you know, like, and every house was like at least one kilometer away from each other. So nothing cluttered, or, you know, no. uh, next to each other kind. And you can see a lot of army base camps. You can see those army trucks going up and down, army vehicles, army men are, are all around. So I think, uh, yeah, so from Tangu, so Tangu, that's where we had like breakfast and all. From there, uh, we actually uh, went to uh, this Chopta Valley, okay? So Chopta Valley. 
So this is another uh, place. So if you go in April or May, you can see like this valley totally filled up with like flowers. So this something called as a rhododendron that's yeah. like very uh, special to Sikkim. So you can see the entire valley filled with flowers. So if you want to see experience something like that, then you can go and do it in April or May. But uh, during December, then uh, you know it's going to be like totally filled with snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so you, you're just there. There are hardly few vehicles coming here and there now and then. And it's just you and these big, beautiful mountains, just snow, just snow everywhere, just snow everywhere. That's amazing. It's like, because considering yeah. like at least the majority of the population of India, I don't think many of yeah. us would have like experienced snow. So I think this is yes. like the perfect destination. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so from Chopta Valley, uh, if you go a little further ahead, then you get Guldongmar Lake. Post that, we again came back to Lakchan. And immediately we started off. We started off to Lapchung. We did not go back to Gangtok. So, so this is what time of the day? Was it like end of day uh, or? You no, know, afternoon. We afternoon. started after. Okay. We had lunch and then we started to Lapchung. Okay. And uh, just before we head off, any issues with the um, high altitude uh, AMS or anything like yeah. that? So, you know, the drivers ensure that they're very slow so that we also get used to the altitude. Okay. So, but we had taken those uh, tablets to for this um, mountain sickness and all that you may get. Mm-hmm. But uh, we didn't have to use any of that. But uh, they do ensure that, you know, they take us slowly so that we also get acclimatized to such high terrains, right? Yeah. So, it's not like in one shot you get there. So that's the reason why they, you know, stop at regular intervals that we're also getting used to it. And and they take a long time to get to the point. So that's the reason why I was saying, you know, it easily takes like four to five hours to get anywhere to anywhere. So you don't, you want to do it like really slowly and not just rush into it. You started off from Lachen after lunch. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. To Lachen. Yeah. To Lachen. So, okay. um, so Lachen to Lachen. So that again took us about like, five four to five hours i think four to five hours easily so so this was more like a, a hotel room so it was not like a homestay as such but uh, there were cooks who used to just uh, you know cook food and give us so there was nothing like a menu as such so they used to tell what you know they could probably do for us and things like that so so we had like nice pakoras and also they were like really <laughs> small. Uh, so when we asked them, you know, the pakoras are nothing such available. So they were really sweet and kind and they made us all of that. So in, in Lachung, um, we stayed there for a night, the day we reached. So we couldn't go anywhere out that day. So we stayed back over there. And the next day morning, we left to a place called Yumthang Valley. Okay. That's there's, I think, about one and a half hours, I think, from Lachung. Okay. One and a half hours to two hours. So, in Yumthang Valley again, so you can see these uh, flowers, and it's a valley of flowers, actually, if you go in April or May. So, you also have uh, hot water springs there in Yumthang Valley. So, you can get to do both of that. So, we went there and um, went to those hot water springs, with that so and you know experience in a hot water spring somewhere when there's snow all around yeah yeah wow. so like no matter how badly it's snowing or anything at all huh. so the water over here it's always hot like it's a hot water spring so any time of the year you you yeah you will get to witness this so from yomthang valley we went to a place called uh, zero point that's that's a place where you know the road just stops there and there is no other path beyond that 
to their end okay so okay. you cannot go beyond that so <laughs> this this is also called as umsam dong uh, or it's a zero point so okay. in zero point you get this uh, nice spicy chana maggi and oh. chai coffee and this is also at a very high altitude by the way so mm-hmm. you know uh, you be there the snow it's so cold and you're eating maggi chana and uh, <laughs> chai coffee and all of that right oh, wow. and yeah that's it's very nice it's very nice so you can play there in snow you can do all of that so spend some good good, good amount of time there and come back so that's what we did in lachung actually and you know after lachung we came back to gangtok uh we stayed there another night in gangtok so after staying back for another night in gangtok the next day we thought okay we will do the south sikkim um so we started moving towards uh, uh this one namchi and telling and all of that okay. so so then we went to namchi there's a very famous shiva temple there so you can go there in namchi so from gangtok to namchi also again it takes about 4 hours so you can go to the shiva temple there and from there there's another place uh, called samdrupsi so it's like a monastery so you can go there it's like re- really beautiful samdrupsi you can go there and uh, from namchi we thought okay let's go to pelling as well so the same day i think some sometime in the evening we uh, left to pelling and uh, we reached pelling almost by night so we just took uh, rest that day and the next day we went to um there's a very famous monastery there in pelling okay so it's called pemayangse you can go to this pemayangse monastery it's like really nice um very calm and serene too and if you like uh, to do like nature walks and uh, given that you have some amount of time in your hands you can also uh, go to this place called rabdense ruins so earlier apparently they were like uh, a palace or something now it's all in ruins but it is like uh, you have to do like a nature walk to get to the place so it's like almost like forest and everything and you walk for like how long does it take to get there you at least need uh, two to three hours in hand if okay. you, if you want to do rabdense ruins so uh two to three two to three hours at least for this okay and is, is it like to uphill to walk or just like a plain no, 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 no. it's it's a, a plain thing okay yeah okay. yeah it's a plain thing so not, not to worry yeah so there was also another place that we couldn't do that was called uh, singshor bridge um, that was a pretty famous okay. but then uh, we had to catch a flight back um, the next day oh. the same day actually so we had to leave early right and it so, takes another five of a few hours yeah, to the airport some uh-huh. uh-huh. to get to bagdogra it again takes us like five to five and a half hours oh so God. we had to plan for that and leave so we couldn't do the singshor bridge so Yeah I mean so we did this I think in like 7 to 8 days wow and <laughs> yeah it was like brilliant it was just brilliant I, I mean so, just listening to you I feel like going to that place I I love the way you're explaining as well it's so perfect <laughs> thank you thank you so that was like my little gist about my second trip and my experiences what I want to actually call out is um, the way people are uh, in Sikkim they like one of the nicest people ever ever seriously so you know when we had been to zero point also you know i made like friends with this one person who was you know selling tea so she came along with us uh, till lachung because her house was there and she asked if she could just accompany us and you know she gave us this like awesome amazing salt tea that was the first time i was ever having a tea with salt instead of sugar 
Yeah, I've never heard of that. Almost, yeah, it almost tastes like uh, soup, maybe. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And she's telling me that, you know, uh, the milk and everything. So they have their own cows at home and, you know, uh, that's how they get milk and stuff. So she was telling about all of that. So, wow. you know, yeah. So, I mean, the people there are like really nice and warm and kind to you. So uh, there are no worries about something getting stolen or some people being rude to you or anything of that kind. Mm-hmm. So one of the nicest you know, like people you can find there. And even our driver, Suresh, oh my God, he was like a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful gentleman. <laughs> yeah, so he actually took us to all these nice places and, you know, he was telling what we should see and, you know, um, he was telling us a little bit about the places and stuff. And and whenever you're Sikkim, right, do ensure that you're having tea in Sikkim. They're just so out of the world, like really out of the world. I was actually looking for that tea powder dabba everywhere. It's called China gold tea, people. If you ever find this China gold tea, <laughs> just grab a big dabba of that and get it. Yeah, I just loved it. I just loved it. Yeah, it was like, it was a really amazing experience for me. Yeah, so yeah, that was about Sikkim for you guys. Yeah, and what about the language? I mean, when you communicate with the locals there, which language is mm-hmm. Hindi? Yeah, yeah, they know Hindi. Okay. They know Hindi okay. very well. Yeah, Hindi and bit of English as well. So that works. They all know Hindi. Yeah. This yeah. was an yeah. amazing journey, Surya. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are envious of you right now. <laughs> and they want to be in second right away. Um, yeah. So just, just to add a quick question there. What was one most memorable moment for you during your trip in Sikkim? If you have, have to just shut your eyes and then mm-hmm. think about this trip, what is the one thing that comes up to your mind? So I think it would be Tangu for me, um, the place, you know, after La Chen, uh, before getting to Chopta Valley and Gurdongmar Lake. Yeah. So there's this place called Tangu, which I said, you know, we will stop there for breakfast. And Maggie, so, yeah. Yeah, Maggie, Chak, <laughs> and there were like, so like cute doggies around to play with and, oh. you know, beautiful place. So this is, this is one place that just flashes in my mind when I think of Sikkim. So any travel advice or tips that you would like to give to our and listeners? Yeah, Any anything in the yeah. hindsight, anything that you would do differently if you had to go back? To, uh, to Sikkim yeah. or? To Sikkim. Okay, no. Sikkim, yeah. I think uh, maybe uh, now, I think I would have done more like research or something like when to travel. Because, you know, when I went in December, like I said, you know, we were plain lucky. We, so we didn't have like many roads blocked and stuff. But if you like going in like third week and uh, third week or the fourth week, then chances are that many of the roads would be closed. So you may, you know, want to be like really careful about that and plan your trip, you know, uh, in a better way. So apart from that, I don't think I would want to change anything at all about this trip. I think it was like all those, you know, perfect, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trip for me yeah i mean every single way every single way it sounds so perfect i mean just listening to you i'm serious i could like imagine every word every place yeah and for putting it so beautifully uh, i know so descriptive and so real it just feels like you are on that journey we are on that journey with you you. that's true thank you i hope i don't bore you guys out because i was like going on and on but anyway (laughs) that's absolutely what we want we want to hear more from you yeah thank you so much thank you so much for giving me this opportunity thank you thank you surya thank you the pleasure is all ours and surya what what other projects are on the horizon are you looking at more travel or any new projects why don't you speak a little bit about your blog and the other things you do with your blog like inspire yeah. me, for instance. 
Right. So I just got back from a trip to Japan. Uh, I think I I just went for like about eight days to Japan and I'm back. So it's just been like two weeks now <laughs> since I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's another uh, beautiful story that I have. And, you know, that's, that's like one of the best countries that you can get to, I feel. Uh, it's not like I have like all good travel stories to say. <laughs> I've had like bad experiences in some places too. So <laughs> with respect to my blog, right, apart from uh, writing my own travelogs, I also do take um, you know, stories from other people as well. So whenever they approach me, if they can, you know, to share their experience and I'm more than welcome to do that so I do that as well so apart from that I also run a series called Inspire Me right so Inspire Me was started like uh, much later you know after I started writing travelogues and stuff like that it was started much later so uh, the first person who I um, wrote to was Alicia Susan, the very famous illustrator right mm-hmm. so <laughs> I think if she had said no, probably things might have been a little different because she she very kindly agreed to give me her interview and all of that. So, you know, it was more like I got that confidence that, you know, I can, you know, definitely reach out to these people. They're all celebrities in their own ways, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, they've started small and they've grown into these big, big uh, personalities. So, um, so I started with Odisha Souza and... um, you know, because she said yes, I think that actually boosted my confidence. And, you know, I went out there and started reaching out to like various people. And um, I think it's it's all about, you know, how they are such an inspiration to so many people out there, right? I mean, you can just derive inspiration from anyone at all. So for me, you know, just to keep going, I, I do reach out to all these people just to know what their struggles are, you know, how did they overcome that? What are they doing to constantly reinvent themselves and, you know, what keeps them going, right? So that, that's what I usually try and look for in those interviews. And, um, yeah, I think all of those people who have interviewed so far on the Inspire Me series are all about that. Yeah. That's amazing. Surya, after listening to you and listening to all the work you do, I'm sure a lot of people and a lot of our listeners want to reach out to you with their stories, with um, with their conversations To How could they reach you? So they can always reach me on uh, my Facebook page. It's called Travel Row. So you can reach out to me via that. Or um, I have a Twitter handle. It's again, uh, Travel underscore Rope. You can reach out to me uh, via Twitter as well. Um, I have an Instagram account as well. Um, so again, just search for Travel Rope there, as, <laughs> there too. Um, the easiest way, again, uh, would be mail. Uh, so travelrope at gmail.com. So you can always reach out to me via email. And uh, I will get back to you when the earliest. <laughs> Amazing. And for all the listeners out there, we, we'll have um, links to all of these contact details in the show notes page of this podcast. So- Thank you, Surya. Thank you. That was yet another great episode of the Musafir Stories. If you guys like the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Pocket Radio or any other podcasting app that's available on iOS or Android. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We go by the handle The Musafir Stories. Or if it suits you, you could email us at themusafirstories at gmail.com and visit our website www.themusafirstories.com for more information. All of these links will be made available in the show notes section of the podcast. So here's to more traveling, sharing and inspiring. Stay tuned for our next episode. Until then, happy travels and goodbye.
At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool.